It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. That's loud. That's loud. So, uh, round of applause for money, uh, love and money. It's a good thing. Okay. It's a bad thing. It can be both. That's what we're going to talk about today. Love and money. Money and but love. But first we're going to sing. Money, 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 money. Money. Thank you. That will be <laughs> enough out of you. I've been thinking about that all week. Okay. I'm just trying to get that off of my chest. Oh my God. Really? That's what, okay. I hear that. Money's think, a funny thing. Money's funny. Tell me how funny it is. It's uh, it's great when it's great, but wow, there's so many. It's, it's complex, you know. It's complicated. Well, it can be because uh, it's very personal, and it's usually a subject that people don't really talk about, even amongst friends or uh, definitely in relationships. You don't really discuss money. Uh, it's probably a given when you meet somebody that they are either well off, not well off, and you probably make instantaneous judgments about people when you see them and meet them. Of course, especially- What kind of car do they drive? How do they dress? What kind of shoes is she wearing? Oh my God, we see it every day in this town. So these are the instantaneous judgments that we can't help but make that we probably don't discuss, yeah. but it does add to things. I I don't think there's a day that go, goes by that I don't see some young chick with you know an older guy, and we know what that's about. Do we? Well, assumptions, I guess, mm -hmm. but usually it is what it is. Could be his daughter. I mean, we live in this town. We live in Beverly Hills. All you, you just have to walk down Rodeo Drive, and there you go. Okay. So well, I'm not saying it's bad, and and by the way, I you know it's whatever works absolutely who are we to say what it's two people have in common with each other yeah i just think it's um it's not it's a, it's when when used improperly or you know there's an old saying that um a virtue when misused becomes a vice and i think money is is uh, a complicated currency for emotional reasons which we were we will get into uh today how about sugar mamas how about sugar mamas what do you think of sugar mamas well I never having had experience with one um i can only uh presume that sugar mamas fill a need for boys and men that are looking for that just like a sugar daddy is so i think that they uh have some kind of symbiotic thing that um makes them need each other do you have any less respect for someone that might be with a sugar mama not if they there are other things going on in that relationship i i don't know it's hard to hard to tell it's definitely possible uh that a sugar mama is in control and wants to be in control and might be more comfortable with a guy that she can take care of 
and wants to take care of and will find somebody like that because I'm sure there are many people to fill that void. I have a friend uh, who is a sugar mama, although she wouldn't call herself one. I think it's just, she just, she's successful and she's got, she makes money and it's the guys that she dates never seem to have as much as she does and she can't help herself. I mean, she's a hard worker. It's not like she just has all this money with nothing to do with it. She earned it and she's single. She's divorced. And the problem is, and we're going to get into this with the whole, the power dynamic. Um, she tends to meet guys that take advantage of her for her money. You know, I, I have to put it back on her. I think that she tends to meet guys that take advantage of her. Okay. So then I think that she's meeting the wrong type of guys. And she's putting out the wrong bait. I hate to use bait as a analogy here, but uh, she's attracting. She's not attracting the men that she wants to be attracting, and there's a reason for that. But she's not looking at. I don't think it's a case where she's trying to buy people's love. I think she just does it. It just happens because she's she's got the financial power that she ends up. Well, you know, there's it's a little deeper than that because I do think that she's there's there's other things going on, but they just don't make as much money as she does, and so as a result, she ends up paying for everything: dinners, trips, things. Well, that's a dynamic. If that happens early on in a relationship, and the guy is okay with it early on, and the woman doesn't question it, then they're becomes a pattern that will be very difficult to break. And why should the guy all of a sudden say, no, let me pick up this tab. Or the woman's going to all of a sudden say, you know, I picked up the last seven meals. Why don't you pick this one up? That's probably not going to happen because they've developed this routine. So her routine is in probably attracting the wrong guys and actually going out with them and continuing it. So this is a pattern that she is not breaking herself. It's not going to be broken by the guy. It has to be broken by her. Yeah. So she has to acknowledge it and then find out why is she continuing to only attract these guys? Why is she not attracting men that are her equal or greater in terms of financial stability. Go right ahead. You can, I'll give her, you her phone number. You can call her today after the show. And she can buy me lunch. Right. Okay. Which she probably so, would. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's good advice. That's good advice. Well, I don't really think she's getting that advice. I don't think she's ever gotten that advice. And I mean, who, who are we to say, you know, if she loves someone, we're not the third heads on the, on the pillow. No. So, but if this is the money issue. Yes. Right. I think, uh, what I was saying earlier is that it's a subject that doesn't really get discussed. And it's something that probably should because we're going to have a, an expert on coming up in a bit uh, that will uh, have some insight into this and hopefully some wonderful advice for singles and couples and people getting together and trying to address something that doesn't get discussed or addressed. Yeah, I think there seems to be issues surrounding expectations. Uh, especially dating, maybe dating a little you know later in life once you are financially settled. I you know I hear a lot from guys who are they get a little annoyed that if they have if they have the money the woman just assumes and expects the guys to pay and they get annoyed. Okay, so that's a a 
pattern or a routine that a new couple should address early on. And maybe it's a discussion. And maybe I think the woman, even in the situation where she does expect the guy to pay because she doesn't have the means or doesn't want to seem like she's snoring or anything like that, I think it's okay for the woman to offer. And when you offer, that then puts it back, I think, on the the male or the person who is the larger breadwinner to say, thank you. That's very kind of you to offer, but I have it and I'm happy to do it. And at that point, you've established some kind of a dynamic that may continue, but don't stop offering. I think it's okay to continue to offer until you realize we are in a committed relationship and doesn't have to be offered anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I especially, I think there are certain protocols on first dates. And I've said this before that a woman probably should always offer to pay for herself on a first date. Just put it out there. I agree. I mean, chances are if the guy is a gentleman, he'll say, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked you out or don't let me pick it up. Especially if he asked her out. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I don't, but- you know, and this is where I think we, you and I are both a little traditional in this in this regard. I don't think there's anything wrong with a guy paying for a woman. I, I just think it's... That's kind of normal, I think. In, kind of tradition, right? In, in dating, yes. But I think I mean, not things every have changed. Little, not, things have changed. And uh, I think it's very common now for women to be making as much, if not more, than a lot of men out there. And because of that, I, it's something that if men and women are looking to widen the net of potential partners they will encounter people that may make less than them and it's okay. But again, let's be gallant. Let's be chivalrous. Let's offer to pay half to pay, pick up whatever. And I think that is, that goes a long way for the other person, regardless of sex to accept that person for who they are, what they make, what they don't make. And I think that this is a a new level of uh, chivalry today. Anything kind of goes in today's feminist world. And I'm all for women making money. I think it's fantastic. It says so much about who we are and less about what it's... Brings me to my point. I was watching Fox News the other night. What? Yes. and um, Shocked. I was watching a little Tucker Carlson. That's enough. And Tucker Carlson did a story... On higher earning women. And he blames higher earning women for men in decline. Okay. Well, do you expect anything less from Tucker? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, this was less about sort of a praising of feminists and, and more about how strong, independent, financially independent women are responsible for killing men. It's a lovely thought. Or at least their egos. And I found it interesting. He said, study after study has shown that when men make less than women, women, oh, here's another point. Women generally don't want to marry them. Well, we will bring that up with our guest, but we have to go to a break, our first break. And we have quite a guest on today, don't we? Yes. Can they quarter? So we'll be right back. We've got a fantastic guest who is going to answer all of the questions that we sort of just laid out. Um, in the first few minutes about money and power and women with money and men with money and ego and disparity and everything like that. We're going to help you guys out. 
by bringing on Kene Quarter. She's like the kitchen sink of uh, everything you'd ever want in a financial person. And more. She's a hypnotherapist. She's oh, wow. a financial therapist and CEO of Presidential Lifestyle. Kene founded Prosperity Club when she realized couples needed help with more than just the numbers. Kene is a former Morgan Stanley financial planning specialist who made the shift to become a counselor about five years ago. She is dedicated to helping people feel more confident financially and romantically. She is also a best-selling author, international speaker, and runs Presidential Lifestyle as she travels the world. Let me tell you about Presidential Lifestyle. It is a wellness company focused on wealth in all its forms. They do this by using a library of love and money resources, coaching, courses, and retreats that they call the Prosperity Club. The mission is to help each member love the life they have while they create the life they desire. Kene, welcome to Done Being Single. Hello. Welcome, Thank you. Thank Hello. you for having me. Great to have you. By the way, we we have ideas for this to to extend the show uh, in other areas, and one of it is one of them is done being broke. Ooh. Right. So I one of these it. days, one of these days, we're going to have a spinoff. Oh, I'm so because in. it's that important. Yes. Right? Isn't right. it important? Yes, absolutely. It really is that important, and I'm so there with you. And that I love that title. I mean, who isn't <laughs> done being uh, it's broke? Yes. A few people. Yeah, which is why I Jeff exist. <laughs> so you heard the first, you heard our opening there. I did. Uh, I was kind of expecting like right around the time when Trevor talked about the money-making women killing men. I was like, there's this game called Mortal Kombat. I don't know if you know it, but there, there's a part in it where just before the person dies, there's a voice that says, finish him. And like, I was like expecting that to come in. Wow. <laughs> We need that. We need a sound effect. Is it a woman's voice? No, it's a man. And it's just like, finish him. And it's like, sure, why not? (laughs) So yeah, there is a lot of ego involved in money and power and power struggle. And you are, you've got the answers. So let's just get right to it. So, you know, we talked about pain on the first date. Mm -hmm. What about pain once you're in a relationship yeah how does that go and and you're the you're the earner you're the money maker what happens how do you divide it up how do you set your boundaries well i think from both ends from one end to the other where it's whether it's first date or marriage money is a conversation that's something i say all the time you have to talk about it because like you said in the beginning everybody has an expectation it's just not being talked about So maybe the man has an expectation that he does pay all the time. My dad is like that. He's not going to want you to pay. He gets joy out of it. It's his thing. He loves taking people out. So especially the ladies. So there are quite a few in my family. I have two sisters and a mom. So when we go out, he just knows he's paying. That's just what he likes to do for us. And when we offer to pay, he's like, get out of here. Like, get off my stuff. Like, this is me. I do this. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we, but we know that about him. And and I have another friend in L.A. where you guys are. I have another friend. He's kind of like that, too. He's just like, look, stop, 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 stop offering to pay. Like, this is my thing. This is what I do. But it has to be a conversation because, like Robbie said, some women are coming to the date like I don't pay. I don't pay. That's not what I do. I, I go on dates. I don't pay for dates. 
And so, <laughs> and so if that's the case, yeah. then that's a conversation she just needs to have with the type of people she's dating, especially like if she's doing online dating, maybe putting that some somehow allowing people to understand that this is the type of woman she is because some guys will date that type of woman. In fact, some guys expect a woman to be that type of woman. And when she's not, then they're questioning, like, what is this woman who wants to pay for herself? She's like, she's trying to emasculate me. I don't know if you've ever mm -hmm. yeah, heard that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think first it's just the conversation. Like, what is what are your expectations? I am a entrepreneur, I guess you would say. And so my income fluctuates. Sometimes I make more money than I, you know, at one point I'll make so much more than at another point. And so early on, when I originally started dating, I would tell people like, my expectation is for you to pay for three out of four dates. Now, I don't know why I got that number. It was nothing, but that is what my heart said. I pay for 25% of the things that we do. That's it. That's all. That's my expectation. Now, if you have something different, then tell me about it. And one guy was like, no, this is 50-50 until we're in a um, exclusive relationship. And then we're going to be putting money into a dating pot. And then we'll spend it from there once we're in an exclusive relationship. And I was like, not me. No, I'm not doing that. So, but so people have choices. They can just opt out if they want to. Okay. So that's a very interesting thing that the, the gentleman mentioned about a dating pot and 50-50 until you're in a committed relationship. So are your thoughts still, uh, let's remove yourself from this relationship. And if two people choose to do something like that, is that something that you are in favor of? or against? I am in favor of what the conversation brings. So what I talk about is the marriage, the money mission. A lot of times I do it with couples. So it's the marriage money mission, but the money mission should be discussed. And what happens, you talked about this in the beginning of the show, that sometimes it's tough to have those conversations. People aren't having those conversations, even when they get in exclusive relationships, they're still not having the conversation. So me saying money is a conversation, people are responding, when is money a conversation? So um, so I think whatever the conversation calls for, I don't think there's one cookie cutter way to date or to marry. I think that you decide what's right for you because both of us are going to have an idea of prosperity or idea of what money is. And we take those ideas, I call that your money mentality. And so once you understand what your money mentality is, then you can articulate that to another person. And then once they understand your money mentality, they can decide how this works for them. So as you're having this conversation, you're kind of compromising and collaborating and, you know, co communicating. I love my C's, obviously. So, <laughs> and as you're doing that, you're deciding what's right for this relationship. It may not be what you did in your last relationship. It may not be what your parents did or what they taught you, but it may be right for this relationship at this time in your life because times change. Like I said, I, I'm an entrepreneur. There are times when my business made more money than I was like, whoa, this is awesome. And there's times when my business were like, whoa, where are the people? Like, who, who's going to pay these bills? So because of that, um, that like ramp up for entrepreneurship, when I was in that ramp up, I was like, hey, this is where I am. And you could take it or leave it, but this is where I am. So it's interesting because I think that the, the discussion of money is not a discussion that's going to happen 
during a date, it's going to happen at the end of a date mm-hmm. when the bill comes, when you're already getting ready to yep. leave. And at this point, it's going to open up a whole other door of uh, discussion that you either weren't prepared for or should be prepared for based on the response of your partner and who how this bill is going to be paid. And obviously, we're just talking about initial dates here. We're not talking about being in a relationship, right. I don't think. So, so timing yes. is everything. And to mm-hmm. me, if somebody is worried about the bill, that is the person that should say something. So if you're going on a date and you're saying, oh, wow, I wonder if he's going to ask me to pay, whether maybe he's going to ask me to pay my half, maybe he's expecting me to pay the whole thing, like whatever you're concerned about, say something. So at the moment you are having that thought to yourself. So that may be when he invites you on a date. At some point, you before you go on that date, you need to know what the expectations are. And that is tough because people are not having money conversations. So if they're not used to having money conversations, being able to say, hey, let me ask you a question. You invited me on this date. Now, normally what happens when someone invites me on a date, they usually pay for it. But this is my okay. first date with you. So I don't know if you have that expectation. What were you thinking? And then they can say, oh, did I make you think I was going to yeah. pay? I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a good point. I think that when you're making the date, regardless of who's setting the date up, I think it's admirable for the woman to just, you know, I, I don't expect you to pay. I'm going to pay my own way. It's okay to say that if you want to mm-hmm. establish mm-hmm. that and just kind of put it out there. And that way it does not, it becomes a non-issue later. Right. I mean, I, I know we're living, living in uh, different times, you know, it's, uh, but I just think that I think it's proper that guys pay. If you if you ask, you pay, and and then don't resent it. Yeah, I, right. I get that. And I I know guys. I know guys that get very very resentful because they're having to pay and pay and pay and and um, I mean I don't know what else goes on in, in the relationship, but there is a degree of resentment when a guy feels like he's doing all the pain. There are guys though that love taking care of women that want to pay, that enjoy that sort of role of the needier, the needy woman. Um, most guys, I would, I think that I've come across actually like a strong, financially strong woman who has her own thing going. Yeah, lately I have been seeing yes. that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it years ago in other generations, that was probably seen as a threat. And so a woman having a weight to take care of herself meant she didn't need him. And at one point in, you know, in history, men preferred a woman who was more needy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I I think especially in your fifties, post-divorce, people don't want to have to take care of people. I hear this all the time. I don't want to be a nurse or a Mm -hmm. purse. I hear that from my girlfriends. I, I understand that. I get that. I don't want to be a wuss or a puss either, but that, you know, it just, I guess it's, it's what you don't mind, what you tolerate, what, you know, the woman we were referring to uh, earlier, my friend who makes the money. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the problem. She makes money and then she gets disappointed because the guys can't, won't take the lead. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. Like she's in charge. Here's my question. If you want to be in charge, how do you expect the guy to to lead? Right. And that's what happens. She's set up a dynamic where she's sort of taking charge and paying for everything. 
And then the guys, they're not asserting themselves or they're not taking the initiative or they're not taking the lead like she would like a man to do. But she's sort of, I don't know, removed that ability because she pays. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I'm guessing is happening is that she's pulling them out of their comfort zone. So wherever she's taking them to say, "Hey, we're going to go on a date to the Ivy," you know, or wherever she's taking them, and they've never been there before, they have no idea what's going to happen, and they're like, "I can't pay for this." And so when she offers to pay, it's like, "Fine, let her pay." And then that happens enough times where she keeps putting them in places where they're unfamiliar and they don't know how to perform. So she does have to keep taking the lead. If if she dated guys who took the lead from the beginning and said, this is where we're going and this is what we're doing, even if it was on their level of what they could afford, then she would have to adjust to them. What's happening is she's asking them to adjust to her and they're not going to be able to show up because they're not going to be able to be themselves. They're going to be who she's asking them to be. What she needs to do is date guys who are already not try to groom or create or hope or expect, but date guys who are already that way. My guess is that she is not gelling with those guys because she has so for so long worked so hard to be right. powerful that when she's around powerful men, she goes into competition mode because that's her nature because she's competed with them for so many years. And so they're not attracted to her. And maybe she does want them to be, but because of the things that she puts up, it's likely that they're not. This is on her. This is really on her. Yes. And, and she's, how a, she's what, what she's putting out there to attract who she's attracting. And so, I would even take it back a, a little bit to say it's on society because society was, is really yeah. our common enemy is the one who told us that she needed to be strong and manly and intimidated intimidating to get where she needs to get in the world. She doesn't have to, she can still embrace her femininity and doesn't have to be strong all the time, but she doesn't know that because society told her that's what she had to be, especially once she got to a certain place financially. And if I just heard what Trevor said, if she's in the finance industry, then absolutely is a type is cutthroat and in any wusses as you say was the wuss are going to get rolled over i hope uh she's listening i i mean maybe maybe i don't hope she's listening but i don't know <laughs> we'll see about that. uh but we are going to go to our second break right now and uh, we will be right back okay yeah. can i question mm-hmm. for you what do you say to the single guy that may not have a lot of money may not have a huge bank account and he's out there in the dating world and he knows what women want a financially stable guy And I know that money has a lot to do with a male's power drive and ego. How would you advise him in terms of honesty, communication, and feeling good about himself if he isn't exactly, you know, big bucks? Absolutely. So first he needs to find prestige in who he is right now. And the way that he does that is to tap into how he got where he is right now. Okay. So what's not on his resume? It may not be what's on his resume that's made him who he is. It may be what's not on his resume. So think of all those things that make him, maybe he survived high school bullying, you know, maybe he want a track meet. I don't know. Whatever it is that he's done that has got him here. Now, don't go out telling people, hey, I won my track meet when I was a senior in high school. No, don't do that. Just use that to fuel 
your confidence. Once you get your confidence in who you are today, then what you present to the world is what you're working towards. Your plan. You, maybe you don't have it right now, but this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working towards. And and this is how I see it unfolding. This is what I want. So if a woman knows that, like a lot of people meet their husbands in college. If you're meeting a, a husband in college, he's going to med school. He probably doesn't have a lot of money, um, but you know that he has the potential to earn. So this guy, whether he's in med school or not, he can present the potential to earn. And most people say, you know, don't, don't marry potential or whatever, because potential is just potential. But you can tell if somebody is working towards their dream or if they're sitting on the couch watching or playing Mortal Kombat, like we talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> playing Mortal Kombat. It, Finish exactly, him Exactly, please. <laughs> and it's clear. Yes. It's clear that this guy is just all talk. But if he's saying, this is what I'm doing, this is where I'm going, and you see him getting up and out and doing something each day towards that goal, then it's exciting to watch him build something each day or each year or whatever, see him grow. So he's got the first fine prestige in who he is and then second prestige in where he's going. And he has to fall in love with both of those guys before he can expect anybody else to fall in love with that guy. If he can fall in love Good advice. with who he's going to be, who he's becoming, then sure, mm-hmm. uh, so will another lady fall in love with who he's becoming. But don't get stuck in where you are. That is great advice because I think that self-worth has everything to do with money uh, and money has everything to do with self-worth. And we live in a particularly tough town. Mm -hmm. We live in LA and it's everywhere. The pressure is really, I mean, I know because money to men is like what age and beauty is to women. And and it's very much a part of our our ego, our psyche, our self-worth. And it's tough when you either don't have it or you're losing it. Yeah. And this kind of ties into something that I talk about a lot that I do want to mention. And for women, also don't get distracted by a guy who looks like he has a lot of money, so to speak, because that guy who might be insecure about himself and who is tied to his money is probably buying a lot of things to look like he has money, which means he has a lot of bills or a lot of debt. It does not necessarily mean he has a lot of money. Sure, he has a nice car, but he also has a nice big car note to go with it, maybe. So dig a little deeper rather than just say, oh, he's got money. Maybe, maybe not. He might not have a lot of money. He may have a lot of bills. Mm-hmm. So can we move on to the next part of a relationship where two people are now committed and they are either living together or they're ready to settle down and get married? Give us some tips. What should a new couple be doing in terms of formulating a joint bank account, separate accounts for each other? What's your views on that? So before any money moves there needs to be a conversation. It goes back to money being a conversation. And that conversation is what I call the money mission. And so you sit down and you have a money day. And this money day says, this is the way that I think about money. And one way you can do that, I have a a quiz and a course that teaches you your own, your money mentality, but do some soul searching and 
look at your money history. This has been my money history. This is what I'd like to adjust about my money history. I'd like to do better at this. This is what I don't do well at. And I don't even, I'm not even sure if I'm ever going to do well at it without, you know, some financial therapy and not that they say those words, but you get what I'm saying. So they may say, I may not get better at this. You probably should handle this, right? So the things that you're, uh, you're addressing, your strengths, your challenges, and your pitfalls. Those are the three that you want to first search inside yourself and see. And then you and your partner have that conversation. Here are my strengths. Here are my challenges. Here are my pitfalls. Everybody has them. So it's not a, it shouldn't be an uncomfortable conversation because the partner has them too. So they're going to talk about those strengths, challenges, and pitfalls. And then they'll delegate the tasks or disseminate the money tasks around the strengths the challenges and the pitfalls, and then talk about how they're going to strengthen what might be a challenge or how they can support each other in it. Maybe even talking about where they think it came from, because that can be a refreshing and um, teachable moment where you say, well, it may have come from my grandparents because they never let us whatever do this. And so once I got a chance, I just went out and I did it and I probably shouldn't. And now it's my habit. So just being able to have that conversation and own your stuff and just say, this is what I do and this is what I'd like to change and then how your partner can support you. So that's the first conversation. So before we even look at numbers, because like I said, couples need help with way more than the numbers. There's anxiety, there's trauma, there's money history that's just in the way of them reaching their idea of prosperity. So now that we've had the conversation about our money stuff, our money history, then then we want to bring in the numbers. This is what I bring to the table. This is my paycheck. This is the way I spend. This is the way I earn. This is the way I grow. This is the way I protect. This is the way I gift. This is the way I enjoy my money. So having the, that conversation so that both of you are clear on the way you earn, grow, protect, gift, and enjoy money. Now that you know that, I usually spend $500 a month without even thinking about it. Like, okay, now I know you do that. Let me tell you what, how that makes me feel. So I feel and I need. I feel like spending $500 a month is frivolous. And I need to know that it goes towards something that means something to us. So that's the next part of the conversation. And then from there you start really breaking down the numbers. So this is what we should spend on household items. This is what we should spend on going out to eat. That's when the real numbers come in once you mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. detailed conversations about the feelings, the emotions, and the behaviors around money. Yeah, no pun intended, but you are right on the money. <laughs> <laughs> you true. really are. You really are. And uh, people's relationship to money can be very complicated, mm -hmm. very. I mean, I know that at, there have been times in my life that I have found it difficult to ask for what I was mm -hmm. worth. Um, and I'm an independent contractor, especially in the early days uh, when I got into the fitness business. It was hard. I, I had to set a rate for myself. And talking about money was always uh, uncomfortable. And I've gotten better with it, but it's just, it's one of those awkward yeah. subjects. And I'm assuming with couples as well, when you get into, I mean, Robbie and I, we were in our 50s when we got married and we had our own, we had a life and our own money. And I didn't, we didn't really talk about it, lovey. 
uh, oh hi yes we didn't talk I think about he went it. on another break we just <laughs> no 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 uh, he's he i i know I, I just i went off on a, a little tangent well, there i'm it's, sorry it's just that um no uh you know we didn't talk about it the bills just started getting piled on my desk and i, I just took care of them <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened and uh i'm okay with that but i think um further to what kenny is saying is that uh, i'm curious about uh, since we did have our own separate accounts when we got together, we've kept our own separate accounts for the most part. We have a joint account. Uh, we had a marriage account that paid for a lot of the things from the wedding on out. And we still have that. Uh, we don't use it that much. So you know, what, do, what do you advise doing for couples? So it goes back to, I, I typically don't give advice is what I give is guidance. So I want to know what the emotions are. So how do you feel about your partner having a separate bank account? Do you feel like you need to know what's happening in that account? And then let's understand what do you need in order to know? Like maybe it's just, oh, I just need to be able to see the statements, knowing that I could see the statements if I wanted to. Maybe not, it may not be like having a joint account. So really get clear on the need because everybody's going to have a different well, if need. And if you're, if you're asking me what, what, how I feel, I love that she has her mm, own account. Okay. I love that she's independent and has her own money and she earns her own money and that she spends her own money. And to me, that means, that means a lot. I think, so, I think most guys are like mm-hmm. you, Robbie. But I also love knowing that I, I don't need to see your statements. I have no desire to, as long as you're managing it and hopefully you're taking care of it and you're, you know, yeah, in, the, I, in the black. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, um, I think just, just watching each other's habits and how we spend and how our relationship to money, are we in, do we fear it? Are we fearful? Are we, do we sweat it when we spend it? There's so many cues and clues that you can get from someone and how they feel about, because it's like I said, it's to me, it's all tied into one's really self-worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and understanding that there's trust there as well. So what I hear you saying when I'm listening to you is that there is a lot of trust there. And like you said, you got married in your 50s. So you already had an idea of what money was to you. Like not everybody has it. At seven years old, you really have an idea of what money is to you. But at 50, you've gone through enough as to what you want in a relationship. But what happens if you get married at 25, if you get married at 30, is that maybe the trust hasn't built up in in the relationship yet and you are nervous and you have all of these big dreams and this idea of prosperity and you're afraid that you're going to put all your energy and eggs in the right baskets. But if you're not watching your partner, then maybe they're not doing that. And so until you have that conversation to say, hey, I I sometimes don't know what's happening with our money, the part that's in your account. And I need to feel, I need us to be transparent because I need to feel comfortable. And then after a while, when you see, okay, they do have money habits the way I would, the way I would handle it or, you know, in an acceptable way, then you can back off and relax a little bit. But that comes with time sometimes. And because a lot of times couples have two different ideas of prosperity. Really, do I have a couple in my office that has the same idea of prosperity? You know, one may say, oh, I want to travel every three months or whatever. And another one is like, whoa, 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 that sounds expensive. Well, we can't travel every month. We need to 
wait and travel in retirement. And it was like, what? I'm not waiting till that. I could die, you know. So that those kind of conversations usually come up and they have to find a middle ground. And when finding a middle ground, it also means finding what money goes where. Because if they're planning to travel every month, then it sounds like money is going towards travel, not towards retirement accounts. And so one person might be putting all their money in the retirement account where the other person is spending it right now, which might be okay if they have a conversation to say, hey, your money is for right now. My money is for the future. And that's the way that we will love our life now while we create the life we desire. So that could be the conversation, but it does need to be a conversation. Okay. We will have uh, more of this conversation because we're going to go to our last break and come back with Kine Corner. Yeah, I want to talk about prosperity. We will do that. After the break. After the break. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. And I have a burning question. Mm. Yeah, about prosperity. And the... Okay, this is going to be a little out there, but the... Maybe you can understand, Kine. The metaphysics of it. The metaphysics... The metaphysical aspects of prosperity, you know, there's a lot of pop psychology and a lot of spiritual stuff and a lot of new agey kind of stuff that can help you increase your money and your income. And uh, I'm all for it. I'm always interested. I'm wondering where you are on that scene. Is that like things, you know, about this, like the secret, you know, the law Mm -hmm. of attraction, what do oh, you you're think speaking about my that? language? I don't get a chance to talk about it as much, um, but that is where this work comes from. I started this work from metaphysics. That's how I learned what I do. And I added hypnotherapy and all the other modalities that I do. But metaphysics was how I realized that prosperity is our birthright. Like we are all prosperous. There's enough in the world for everybody. What happens is those who create society believe that they're, they're greedy, so they believe that they've got to keep some people down and only a few people can be up. The truth is there's enough for everybody to be prosperous, mainly because we all have different ideas of prosperity. So you're not going to be on my boat. I'm not going to be on your boat because you might not even want a boat, right? So I believe that when it comes to metaphysics, that just like you said, like the secret, you attract what you think about. So if you're thinking about I'm broke, I'm broke, I'm broke, or I don't have enough or lack, whatever it is that you're thinking about, what you focus on expands. That's why the people who like don't worry about money usually always seem to have it. And it's always like, what? How how is this happening for her or him? But the person who's always worried about it and they could be working hard, hard workers, but they don't seem to have money. Because how many hard workers do you know? People who work hard, but still don't have enough Mm -hmm. money because money is not about working hard. Money is about focus. What you focus on expands. And so you put that energy out there. The energy that you put out in the universe, I'm worried about money. I'm worried about money. I'm worried about money. The universe is going to give you more reasons to worry about money. The moment mm-hmm. you put that worry down and I say, agree. you know what, money is energy. I can create more energy. As just as sure as I am that the sun is going to come up in the morning, I'm sure that money is going to come into my bank account. I don't know. I don't have to know how. All I know is what. I know this is going to happen and let the universe figure out how. 
And when you can do that, when you can set aside the how, because the, the people who are most broke are really trying to figure out the how. If you think about like your Bill Gates, he went into the, if his story goes something like this, he went into his meeting about um, Microsoft, didn't even have what he was selling. He's like, all I know is what I need. I can figure out how to get it later. I'm just going to say yes and figure out how to make that happen. But he could have been in that meeting and said, well, we don't have it now, but I think I could probably figure something out if you give me enough days. No, he was just like, yeah, I can do that. And he walked out and he's like, oh, shoot, what did I just agree to? I'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> Right. When you can just do that, when you trust that the universe will figure out the how, all you need to know is what, because he was smart enough to know what he needed. Because that's all you have to know is what you need. So that goes back to the second part, because the second part is confusion. You can't be confused. You can't send the universe confusing messages. you got to be clear. Once you're clear, you'll get it. Okay. Right so what if you have limited thinking or limited uh, beliefs? Saying, how do you shift? Them? How do you, yeah, how do you go, turn that into an expansive view of anything? I mean, money, love potential, it all kind of applies, yes. right? So the real answer is what I call financial therapy. So that's the answer, but it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I need to go work with Kine. You can work with Kine, but that's not what that means. It really means it takes time and repetition. You've got to teach yourself a new language and you can't always do that by yourself because you may not even know the language that you need to learn. So if you don't know the language you need to learn, you've got to go to somebody who does know it. And then once you know the language, you have to continue to speak it into existence. Also, it goes with the feeling because the language could then create a feeling for you, but you got to believe it. When you believe it, you'll see it. If you don't believe it, then you're just going to create more of what you already have. So really being able to believe something, that's work too. That's inner work. So that's med that may be meditation. That may be hypnotherapy. Whatever it is for you, you've got to go and do that work so that you can change that feeling. You may have to clear some trauma that happened in your life. So that's work to be done. And you don't get there by just hoping you've actually got to do something. And so then the last part of that is to keep going, time and repetition. Because today you can say, okay, I want a million dollars. And it's not just going to land at your front door and be like, oh, hello, did you order this? It's going to take time. Just like, and I, I use a lot of um, metaphors. So just like if you do at, you order something, even on Amazon, it's going to take time. So imagine that you're ordering something from the universe. And what you're ordering is like one of those delicacies that takes a little bit more time to prepare. So you know how you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, this takes 30 minutes. So know that when you order this, it takes a little bit more time. That's kind of what the universe is like. You put the order out there. You don't keep asking the server, hey, is my thing ready yet? Oh, hey, are you guys working on that? Hey, are you cooking? No, they're going to get freaking frustrated with you. And they're going to be like, oh, gosh, you know what? Just order something else. <laughs> And so that's right. what the universe is going to do is getting like, you know what? You don't want this because we told you how long this takes. And you said you said you wanted it, but I don't think you do. So let me give you something else that you can deal with. Does that make sense? I so agree with what you're saying. I really do believe in it. And it, it might sound kooky, but I'm sorry. I do. I see it. I see it in action every day. I just I know for myself uh, thoughts are things. Yes. 
and they become your re- your thoughts become your reality. I was reading a post on Facebook about some woman who had shared a cab with a guy from uh, some airport. Got a newly, I think he was newly divorced, maybe early seventies, and all he was doing was complaining about the quality of women he was mm. meeting. That they all just wanted him for his money. That they all just wanted it was really just a financial transaction. And he was just complaining, complaining. And she finally said to him, you know, it's if you continue to have this, if you continue to generalize like this or continue this sort of narrative, guess what, pal? You're going to keep attracting the same kind of woman to you over and over again. And so there was sort of a debate on Facebook on this thread. And I I believe it. I, if you have an expansive view of the world, I don't care if you're dating and you're single and dating or if having to do with work and, and uh, career, uh, then that is that is kind of what will come to you. Am I naive? No, totally. Robbie, are you? I mean, Robbie and I, I, I am so fully immersed in, in the self-help and personal growth world. And there's all sorts of, and which I'm going to ask you about in, in a second, you know, visual, visualization techniques and meditations and things to increase prosperity. I'm all for it, you know. Whether it's a it's books or or recordings or meditations or even a hypnosis, I really believe your mindset is what it is, and it will work for you. But it could also work against yeah, you. It can, which is why you do the that work because what you're really doing there is healing. You're clearing all the negative stuff. Like that guy needed to be cleared of those past relationships. He was still in those past relationships and he needed to close those loops. Hypnotherapy helps you close the loops. That's done. That's no longer happening. This is happening. And you need to be present with what's happening now, not still focused on what happened in the past. So when you're able to heal, you can become present. And the more present you are, the more you can create what you want in your life. Because the more you're stuck in the past, the more you're going to get what you got. So we've talked about dating. We've talked about being in relationships. Let's talk about the future. How do we prepare for the future, regardless of where we are in our lives right now? Because I think that few of us are able to confront that or looking to confront that uh, because nobody wants to confront their own mortality. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very important that we do that. And uh, please impart your wisdom here. Awesome. So number one, I would say is to be conscious of your own mortality. We are not promised any minutes in any day, right? A lot of people say, oh, you might not wake up. Well, you might actually wake up. You might not go back to sleep though. <laughs> so none of it is promised. So be clear on that and start living your idea of prosperity as soon as possible. Just goes back to what Trevor and I were just talking about. You've got to love this life that you have right now. If you're sitting in cabs complaining, it means you don't love your life. So you've got to figure out what is it about my life that I love? What's going well? And then the next question is, what is my idea of prosperity and who do I have to be to get there? So those are three questions that you can ask yourself. What's going well? What is my idea of prosperity and who do I have to be to get there? Because what does that girl look like? That girl who my idea of prosperity is creativity, it's autonomy (laughs) and it's generosity. I love to give. It's so much fun to me. So I guess I got it from my mom and dad. 
So who do I have to be? Obviously, I have to have a certain amount of money in order to be generous with my money because I could be generous with my time and my energy as well, which I am generous with those things. But I really enjoy being generous with my money. So who do I have to be to be to have autonomy, an entrepreneur, obviously. So how do I build a business that's sustainable, doing something that I'll enjoy? And then that creativity can also go into what I do for a living, but it doesn't have to. Maybe it's what I do on the weekends. So think about those things. What is it that you can do to create your idea of prosperity? And be clear on what prosperity means to you. And once you become clear on that, start doing the things that create that life and stop doing the things that don't create that life and continue the things that are going well. Well, okay. <laughs> Mic drop. Lot to, lot to digest there. Right. They're going to have to uh, rewind. Rewind. Wow. Hey, this is uh, wonderful. Uh, we have to wrap up our show because it is okay. that time. Uh, unfortunately, but we could go on uh, for a few more hours here. I think just speaking oh, yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. Really great. Stuff. How can uh, people find so you? There are two ways. One, I talked a little bit about the money mentality. So they can take my free quiz at canaycorder.com forward slash money dash quiz, and they'll learn their money mentality. Also, I do a free masterclass. Usually I do it once a month and you can register for the masterclass at any time and then you'll get reminders when it's time for it. And you can go to kanaycorder.com slash masterclass. And if you're not ready to take courses and quizzes, then just find me on Instagram at kanaycorder. Wonderful. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, kanaycorder. <laughs> this has been great. I've really loved this. Yes, me too. I really have. I, I was really looking forward to this oh, all week. Yeah, that's so Great episode. Yeah. I'm, I can't. I you know. I want to sing another I money know, song. When I said the no, the, no the money song. mission, Sorry. I was wondering if you were going to do like the Mission Impossible uh, theme song. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's enough. All right. We're okay. Okay. He's trying. everybody. Have a great week, and uh, we Can't are done being single. And oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yes. Uh, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Kenny. Thank, Thank you so much. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.